Hello, this is Dr. Ned Hallowell, and welcome to my wonderful world of different. Today's podcast is a special one because I'm getting the chance to introduce a master clinician, and I don't use those words easily since I've been at this a long time. I really value people who can excel in doing clinical work. Most of the folks who are recognized experts in the field of, of child therapy or child psychiatry or child mental health are more expert in theory than expert in practice. But today's guest is a surpassing expert in practice. She has been seeing children for more years than I can count, and I'll let her tell you if she cares to. But her name is Dr. Victoria Waller, and she has a new book that's going to come out in June, but you can pre-order it now on Amazon or your favorite outlet of choice. And the name of the book I just love, the name of the book is Yes! Exclamation point. Your Child Can. And what better title for a book about how to help children who struggle in one way or another than that. Yes, your child can. So if you have a child or you know a child or you care about a child who is struggling in one way or another, this book will give you the practical, down and dirty, in the trenches advice that you need with not dressed up with a lot of academic sounding falderall, but just the truth, or as Sergeant Friday used to say, just the facts. That dates me citing that TV show. So without further ado, let me introduce my new friend and just incredibly excellent child clinician, Dr. Victoria Waller. Welcome, Dr. Waller. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really very excited. My book, Yes, Your Child Can, Creating Success for Children with Learning Differences. If you notice, I say learning differences. I do not say disabilities. I have been in the profession over 40 years. And even 40 years, 45 years ago, the kids weren't disabled. The abilities they had were unbelievable. They were bright, they were interesting, but they were failing in school. My book is a clear step-by-step -step guide to identifying and navigating the complex educational and social systems based on the foundation needed to draw out your child's innate intelligence. These children to me, because I've been doing it for so long, teaching, they are geniuses of our time, like Anderson Cooper, Simone Biles, Henry Winkler, astronaut Scott Kelly, and my very favorite right now is Elon Musk, because he says that he has learning differences, and he was up in the spaceship, and they said to him, oh, you know, what did you think about those five minutes you were in the spaceship? He said, well, I had two seatbelts on. And they said, unplug your seatbelt so you could fly around, you know, and move around in the spaceship. But because he has mixed up with his right and left, he unbelted his parachute. <laughs> such a great story because it's just so typical. And he's talked about his differences for a long time. Yeah. Every child can learn and be successful if we diagnose them early, we get them help when they need it, and they use their passions and strengths to teach them. 
the doorbell rang and I go to the door and I look out the peephole and somebody says, Dr. Waller. And it's a six foot two kid, scraggly beard. He's not a kid, scraggly beard. He says, it's Dexter. I open the door and I go, Dexter. And I remember him like it was yesterday. He was in third grade in my reading center. I had a reading center and he would take clay, make clay characters. He would write a script, which he dictated to me because he couldn't spell. None he could read it. He would sit there doing every executive function you had to do. I mean, he would tell the kids what they have to do when they move the characters. He did everything. And I said, well, what are you doing now? And the principal at the time, we had a meeting and she said, I'm very sorry to the mother. He'll probably end up working at McDonald's. Excuse me, a third grader, and she's already figured out he's going to work at McDonald's. Well, isn't that terrible? Yeah. And it's still going on, which makes me even sadder. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, Dexter, what's happened to you? And in his hand, it's going to make me cry. I always have kids enter contests. He entered a contest. It was a Halloween contest. And the piece of paper was from the 90s. And he said, it's been under my desk my whole life because that you changed my whole life. I said, what? I said, well, what are you doing now? He said, I went to Yale and got a master's degree. I got another master's degree at Clark. Wow. I took a doctorate and I'm getting a postdoc. And I said, well, what was your passion? What was your strength? Are you doing claymation? <laughs> no, my passion is trees. Oh my gosh. Trees, what, what does that even mean? Trees, he is like right now he's written 50 major reports he is in baltimore working and he's one of the foremost tree experts and it's very funny because now i was in iceland and i'm on this tour bus and i'm sort of nodding off the guys talking and all of a sudden he says oh and here we've planted trees and all of a sudden i looked up what's he talking about and everything with the environment they brought the trees and i think from washington and they planted them in iceland well, that's my that's my that my Dexter. But this story illustrates exactly what I say in my book. He got help early. His mother got him tested. They hired the right tutor and specialist, and they followed the steps in my book, which I had been talking about for forty years. If so let's just drill down a little bit. So when you say get help, what does that help entail? Let's say they get tested. What does the testing entail? Testing entails, it could be a neuropsychologist, it could be a psychologist, it could be maybe at your public school, they have tests, they test the child. But listeners don't know what neuropsychologist means. So these are paper pencil tests, these are, they're not brain scans, they're, so what does the test entail? There's many parts to the test, but it tests everything, finding out how the child thinks, how the brain works. So it's puzzles and games and trying to put models together or something like that? Everything there is to see how the child, what the child is good at and what the child needs help on. But um, Dr. Waller, why don't you just ask the child, what are you good at? What do you need help with? What is this test that will bring out something that he or his parents or she can't self-report? Because they're doctors and they test everything. I get what you're saying. It just I'm putting myself in the shoes of the listener who has no clue, you know, you say tests doesn't mean anything, you know, is it a brain scan? Is it a, and it's second nature to you because you've been doing it for your whole life, but it's puzzles and games and sometimes computer games. There, there are ways of 
and what the neuropsych testing can do that self-report can't, it indeed does just that. It measures things that you can't self-report, like processing speed or indices of memory, reading comprehension or visual memory, things that you can't self-report. That's what testing does for us. So, okay, so you, you have this testing, and then let's say you come back with the, this child can't read and he's in the third grade. What does the help entail then? Usually helps at the schools is they'll have a big meeting. The person will be there, the neuropsychologist, let's say, who tested the child. The teacher from the school will be there. The teacher from the school will be there. Maybe the reading teacher in the school. And they will sit around and they will tell what all this testing means. Now, for me and for a parent, the basic thing was, well, what do we do with it now? And it's very funny because a neuropsychologist sat in the meeting and she said, I can only tell you what the test shows. He doesn't have phonemic awareness. He can't sound out words. He has a good memory. He doesn't have a good memory. He can comprehend. He understands. He doesn't understand. But Vicki, meaning me, the educational therapist or the tutor that works with your child, they're the one that has to then teach the child based on what we found. Now, the one thing that they don't talk about, which is really important to me, is they don't talk about the passions and strengths of the child because they don't get into that. And I have found that is the easiest way once you have the testing and once you know, okay, what do you do now? That's what the mother said. What do you do now? She came to my door and she said they want a brain doctor to test my child. I said, well, then also, if you're in a public school, you can maybe get some funding to help you with like a, an ed therapist or a tutor to help your child. The most important thing after the testing is done is to hire somebody who can work with your child. It can be an educational therapist like me who has an advanced degree. It can be a good tutor or it can be the greatest teacher who your kid loves. And that's what it's all about. And teaching them, for me, it's teaching them with their strengths and their passions. So can you give me an example you know, you say strength and passion. So let's say we have this seven-year-old girl or boy who is uh, having a lot of trouble with reading. So what would you then do with that person? Well, like I did with this child who came in a few months ago, I give them my own individual reading test. It's an oral reading test. A lot of the tests are silent reading. That means the kid reads silently. But if they can't read, it's very hard to be reading silently. I have them read out loud. And then I asked them questions. This child came into me third grade. Now, don't forget, two years ago, he stopped school in February of first grade. He is now in third grade, and this teacher is giving him third grade work. She's not going back saying, oh, he's been on Zoom, and maybe he hasn't been listening. And he came into me, and he was very negative, very oppositional, defiant. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And I was talking about the man from Providence who was a lobster fisherman, and he got caught in the whale's mouth. And all of a sudden, this child perked up. He said, what? And we read Nuzula. I read it to him. And we read all about this man. And I said, well, would you like to interview him? And he said, yes, I love whales and sharks. I know everything about them. That was his passion. And when I had asked his mother before I met him, what is his passion? What does he love? She went, I don't know. He likes the computer. And yet here was a passion that he loved, and he is the most incredible artist you've ever met in your life. 
he interviewed, he wrote the questions, okay, not spelled correctly, but he wrote the questions. He read all of the articles about this man. I called the man and he was very nice. He's really a nice guy. You called the, the man who got swallowed by the whale or whatever, yeah. I called the Secret Service man who worked for Clinton and he let my students, he even met my student and gave him a challenge coin. So you can call anybody now. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael is just the nicest person. And I had the boy, he had to research and I read him a lot. And then he started reading. He could read, not great, but he could read. And comprehension was amazing. And he wrote the most fantastic questions. Came the day, we did a Zoom. His inattention was like gone. He focused on the man. He replied to his answers. He laughed and he made him out of play a whale. And the funny thing is he has feet sticking out of the mouth. <laughs> and I can't explain to you what happened since that day. He's involved in reading. He wants to read. He wants me to read to him. His mother and father read to him all the time. Wow. Have you read this book? Have you read this book? And she'd go, yes, I've read them too. How old is he? Now in third grade. But now it's like he's just taking off. He's just doing what the teacher wants him to do. I hate to say that he's a third grade boy and the teacher put him in a group with one girl and they're reading about this little girl who comes to school in pajamas. I don't even want to tell you that I had to write a nice letter to the teacher saying, giving her maybe a couple of books that maybe he could read that weren't about a little girl coming to school in second grade. He's a third grade boy. You need a book that's going to interest him, not about this little girl who I read the book last night and believe me, it's cute for a second grade or first grade girl. So I did write to the teacher. I probably shouldn't have, but I did. I said, maybe next time I can give you a list of books he might like. So your method really depends upon finding what a child is excited about. Absolutely. And you can at least, I met a woman the other day. She had twin 32 year olds. She said, oh my goodness. She said, we had a reading tutor. Thank God her name was Penny Money which is funny. <laughs> and she said, she taught my children for like six years. And she said, that's what did it. You have to get somebody good that your child likes. Right. Oh, yeah. Every time he goes to the tutor, he cries. He hates her. Well, what are you doing then? You can't do that. You right. have to that the child likes. And even with the tree kid, you have to get these people that can help your child. I was thinking about it last night. I was in this little room where I taught, little tiny room behind a stage with a slanted roof. And I was talking to a very big writer in Hollywood. And I said, you know, it's about time your son has a list. And it's hard when he has a list to write the words correctly because like dat is D-A-T to him. And it would be help if he went to somebody who could help him with speech. The mother and father looked at me and said, he doesn't have any speech problems. And he was second grade. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, with this important person, I really messed up. They leave, I go running to his classroom. I thought maybe I got to mix up. No, he has a severe speech problem. What's his speech problem? The uh, D's, T's, he said dat. The sounds were all mixed up. They were one sound for another sound. So he couldn't spell because dat, that is D-A-T. Right. And his, his parents didn't recognize it? Oh. They are used to hearing him. And that's not the first time I've heard that. Mm -hmm, I've mm -hmm. heard that many other times. Mm -hmm. But it's 
very important for parents. You want to have somebody that's going to take your child on a journey to success. It's almost like the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Uh-huh. It's about being pregnant, and it tells you every month what you're going to go through. And this book takes you through, and it takes you through the testing, and, and it takes you through, takes a village. You need a maybe an educator, maybe you need a tutor, maybe you have to get him tested. Okay, Dr. Waller, I got to interrupt you. Where do you find such people? Let's say you're you're or, living in, in a small town in Missouri. Where do you find? For a school that your child is at, they will have, and I'm telling you right now, the public schools do great testing. They have people that will test the speech, the language, uh, can they read, memory. They will do all of that, and that's free from a public school. And you can get that testing done. Okay, what do you do once you've got the testing done? And they usually meet with everybody. You meet with the tester, you meet with the teacher, you meet with the principal, and maybe the learning specialist at the school, even public schools, they all have. And you meet, okay, what are we going to do now? And the first thing they'll probably say is get the kid, get somebody, and they will give you a list of maybe tutors and therapists to work with. But I tell parents, if the child is in fourth grade and he loved his third grade teacher, maybe she would tutor him. Mm-hmm. But somebody, when you talk to people later, they always talk about the person they love that helped them. They mm-hmm. really, that's what they talk about. That's you need to find someone that the child will, will like. He says, I don't like her. Or I don't like him. You better listen to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Found children who have a good therapist really do well. And it's early intervention. Don't wait. I have a child. I love this kid. Loved him. I called the father. He was in my class. I said, he really needs some extra help outside of class. The father says, you know, I was just like him. and I own a big company now, and he'll just have to grin and bear it. And I remember taking him to see the Lion King. I take my kids everywhere. I took him to see Lion King on the way home. It was like 11 at night. He's laying down in the back seat. I said, tell me what happens to you, like at school because I knew he had severe attention issues. He says, Dr. Waller, every minute of every day, my brain is thinking and I can't turn it off. I don't mean to not be listening in class, but I'm thinking about something else. And do you know, I checked on this boy last year. He is now 35, never really found any happiness. He apparently does have a girlfriend, but he never found happiness. He didn't do well in school all the way up through. He never finished college. Mm. You know, it's sad because everybody can be helped. You don't, you just have to see it. Do you know, I just read, and it's very upsetting to me, two new statistics. 48% of parents believe their child will snap out of it. And 33% of teachers think that kids are lazy. Now this is, come on, we're in 2000. Wow. Wow. Parents are still saying, and that's my first chapter. No, your child will not snap out of it. Half parents think the kids will snap out of it, and a third of teachers think kids are lazy. Still. Wow. That was a little upsetting to me. A um, lot upsetting. My gosh. Wow. Find out what's right with these kids, not what's wrong. Yes. With the gut feeling, I start with, this was interesting, a mother came to, we were talking about neuropsychologists, and the mother came to the door and rang the doorbell. I opened the door. And I thought somebody died. She looked, she was white as a ghost. The principal met with me and said, I have to get my child tested by a brain doctor. Is there something wrong? 
no, that wasn't funny. It was like I said, no, there's something right with him. There's nothing yes. wrong. My old uh, teacher, Priscilla Vale, who really, uh, she's in heaven now, but she brought me into this field. And her, her book, Smart Kids with School Problems, I think is a, a classic. Anyway, she used to say, you know, when people talk about lazy, she would say, these kids are not looking for the easy way out. They're looking for the right way in. That's why they need so much people like you and teachers who, you know, just take it as a given that somewhere or other, a child will have a pocket of enthusiasm. And you find that and then you're off and running. I had a child in second grade. He loved the Titanic. And there are books at second grade level on the Titanic. And I so happen to love the Titanic. And I got hold of Robert Ballard, who found the Titanic because I find anybody, any kid is interested in. And I found Robert Ballard and this kid wanted to go to literary tea day dressed in the time, you know, something from the Titanic. And the teacher announces we're having literary tea day. And she looks around and she points at him and says, Josh, you are not allowed to bring your book about the Titanic. The mother calls me immediately. He's hysterical. And I said, I just don't even understand. I mean, there's a second grade book on the Titanic. And Why did the teacher say that? He was obsessed with the Titanic. He talked about it all the time. Okay. We write to Robert Ballard. Robert Ballard writes back and he says, dream big, Josh, and don't let anyone talk you out of your dreams. That's so wonderful. That kid still has that paper. And he now, he's a, the kid is a genius. I mean, he walks around with books in his hands. He's in ninth grade now. But that teacher, she's still teaching, and she's probably still making kids feel miserable about themselves. Yeah. Getting kids either interested in something, they'll tell you what they're interested in. They'll tell you if you say, what are you interested in? If you ask a mom, they'll say, oh, he's on the computer all the time. Right. And then they'll say, oh, I love sharks. And, they do, and then all of a sudden, like, their brain opens up. Every kid has strengths and passions, and we have to use those to build confidence so we can say that child can say, yes, I can, instead of I can't. Yes, yes, that's so true. Dr. Victoria Waller, author of Yes! Exclamation Point, Your Child Can. And finding that, you're saying, begins with finding pockets of enthusiasm, interest, passion, call it what you will, but talk to them until you find that. Don't let anyone tell you that there's nothing. I mean, some kids will say straight out, I'm good at nothing. I don't care about anything. I like nothing. That's the starting point. And it's funny. The one boy that came in a couple months ago, I said, well, what do you like to do? And he said, well, I like Legos. And I thought, oh, that's great. Okay. He doesn't just like Legos. He does 10,000 piece Legos, like spaceships. I said, how do you read the directions? And he went, I don't. Right. Cheers. I said, but there are a million little pieces. He said, I know, I just have always been able to do it. And he just figures it out. I mean, that's his gift. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Making that whale. I mean, it was unbelievable what he can do. And the way he interviewed the lobster fisherman. I mean, the lobster fisherman, they're doing a, a documentary on him. And the documentary person called me and said, do you think, you know, I could talk to this kid? which would be really neat if he Yes, did. yes, yeah. I've never found a child that didn't have a passion. That's a good place for us to stop because uh, after you've been in the field for many, many years and you've never found a child who doesn't have a passion. So it's up to us who 
care about children, whether it be a parent, a teacher, or a tutor, or, or a professional, to go and, and find that. Don't take no for an answer. Go and find that. And you're, you've been looking for it and finding it with kids for a long time, and, and you, you've put it all in this very clear, straightforward, instant classic of a book. Yes, exclamation point. Your child can. Creating success for children with learning differences. It's such a honor, treat, pleasure to have you, Dr. Victoria Waller, W-A-L-L-E-R. And where can they find this book? Pre-order it on? Amazon or Barnes & Noble or your independent bookstores. It's all. Wonderful. Well, you you couldn't be a more, more of a master clinician, but also a, uh, what is the female version of a mensch? That's what you are. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And if they want to reach you, do you have a website? DrVictoriaWaller.com. Yes, I do. Great, great. DrVictoriaWaller.com. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, well, thank you. And listeners, thank you for joining me. This is Dr. Ned Hallowell. If you would like to reach us by email, just send an email to different at HallowellCenter.org. That's different at HallowellCenter.org. We love hearing from you. We try to get back to you quickly. And if you enjoyed this interview with Dr. Waller, buy her book and uh, send us a comment about it so we can find other guests that will be of interest to you. Until next time, this is Dr. Ned Hallowell for Dr. Hallowell's wonderful world of different. Goodbye for now. <laughs>